Let's just pray. Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you. We praise you. We glorify you, Lord. Father. We glorify you, Lord Jesus, because you are truly the teacher on the earth. And your spirit teaches us the riches of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Holy Spirit, reveal the truths of the Lord Jesus Christ to us, O Master, through your word. We thank you because you have blessed us with your revelation and the revelation that bears fruit in our lives, O Lord, not by the will of flesh, but by the Spirit. And Father, I pray that you will reveal even greater truths, O Lord, that your works may be manifest here on the earth. And we thank you for it because you are faithful to do it. Because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. The title of the message is uh, Born of God. Born of God. You know, um, uh, last time we had uh, studied about your perfection of finished work. And, uh, you know, I had written a lot of notes. Uh, we definitely couldn't go through all of it. But the other, I was just hearing some of the messages, message, the last message before I was preparing for this. And I realized that God was speaking so much new stuff, which was not even on the notes, you know. So it's, it's good to go back and kind of meditate on some of that. It's, it's there on the podcast. It's called Your Perfection of Finished Work. Because this perfection message is not preached in the body of Jesus Christ as much as it needs to be preached. Um, the... Uh, that uh, believers are always told that you are you are a work in progress, that your perfection is one day going to happen, uh, and that is not the biblical truth. The biblical truth is your perfection is a finished work, and it doesn't make any sense. But that is a fact. So go back and listen to the word, uh, listen to the verses. Go back and do your own study. And Paul was so he was so zealous for this message. He was like, man, let nobody shake you of this understanding that you are perfect in Christ Jesus. He starts Colossians by saying, you are complete in Christ Jesus. You don't, nobody has to add anything to this. And, he, and when you, and you read some of these verses, it doesn't make any sense. But now you understand why he did that. And I would definitely encourage you to go back and read it. Go back to some of those verses. And uh, maybe some of the uh, future times we would actually go back to the rest of the message uh, in the coming days. Uh, Alkesh had taken, taken some of the messages last time, which was incredible here. And uh, Sushil had also preached about the field. Uh, uh, I love it. You know, some of the things that our inheritance in Christ Jesus is also a field that we have received that was cursed and it has now become fruitful. We'll talk about it in one day. You know, in the Bible, it says in Acts, and I will leave a little uh, taste for you. It says, when Judas bought a field and he bought a field with the wages of his iniquity, he fell head, head, uh, head uh, down and his entrails ca all came out, correct? And this field was known in Jerusalem. Amazing. One man's iniquity bought a field and that field became famous in Jerusalem. We have a field that was also bought by another man. And that field is also famous in another Jerusalem. And that field 
was earth. But Jesus Christ bought the whole earth with the wages of his righteousness and now is completely redeemed and we have a possession of this whole earth and this field is famous in Jerusalem and his, the name of the field is, guess what? Ekel Dema means the field of blood. The same earth for the believer is a field that was purchased by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and it is fully redeemed. And that's why we, we own this whole earth right now. That's why the Bible says, let another take his place. He's talking about Judas. And who is the another that took the place? He was, not, he was talking about who Adam bought the whole earth and he defiled the whole earth with his sin. And then it was lost. Another came and took the place of Adam and bought it with his blood. And now that field is called the field of blood. So guess what? Your office is a field of blood. Your family is a field of blood. Your career is a field of blood. Your life is a field of blood because it's everything purchased by another who took his office. You got a picture? Everything is a field of blood. Guess what? This field is going to produce incredible harvest because it is now purchased and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, if you start seeing the word field, field, field in the Bible, you know, finally Jesus appears before God's throne in Revelation. And there is a seal. And that seal is sealed. What is the seal sealed for? The seal was sealed for the title of that field. Because the title says that that field belongs to the, the saints of God, that you and me. And it's been redeemed by Jesus Christ. But nobody believes it. The world doesn't believe it. But it has been purchased by Jesus Christ. Finally, they break the seals to make sure that what it says in the sealed version is the same that, is, that you and I already know. Look at two seals. One in your heart and another in Jesus in the throne room of God. That which field has been purchased? The field of earth. That Adam lost, God, Jesus sent his, uh, God sent his son Jesus and paid the price and took the office of Adam and redeemed it completely for us. So that Satan cannot ever curse the ground for your sake anymore. Your ground is redeemed ground. You're walking on redeemed ground everywhere. So every place that your foot steps on, you are redeemed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Are you ready? Okay. Let's talk about born of God. See, one of the, one of the biggest challenges uh, that as believers we face is understanding the new birth that we have in Christ Jesus. What happened when you were born again? What happened when we were born again? Okay, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 20. We might not cover all the material, but I'll at least we'll look at the high points. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. Let me read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in man all die, even in Christ 
all shall be made alive. And each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, and afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end. Can you repeat after me? Then comes the end. See, the end will not come until each one is resurrected and becomes Christ. There's an order to it. The end will not come until the resurrection happens. Got it? There, there is an order. So what, what he's saying, is, Paul is saying is, Christ is risen from the dead and has become a first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Okay. When Christ died, when Christ died, you died. When you, that's why when you believe in Jesus Christ, what happens? How are you born again? When, when Christ died, you died. When Christ was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead. So when you were raised from the dead, that's what you call as born again. Yes or no? You say you're born again when you are resurrected from the dead. So when did that resurrection happen? When were you resurrected from the dead? When we are born again. Okay. But when did that event happen? Christ was resurrected. When Christ was resurrected, you were resurrected. You got it? So the resurrection was already in Christ Jesus. But when you confess Jesus Christ as the son of God, what happens is God credits you his death. And then God credits you his resurrection. And you are born again right away. But your resurrection had already happened in Christ Jesus. But you benefit from that resurrection the moment you say Jesus Christ is the son of God. You got the picture? Okay. So the moment you... No, this is huge. And I want you to get this. Once you're born into the earth, you cannot get out. <laughs> this is funny. I was, I was watching this uh, uh, speech by Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. Uh, he had... He had he, he, he had preached at Gateway Church. It's on YouTube. You should look, uh, check him out. Uh, Phil, you know Phil Robertson from Doug Dynasty, right? The patriarch, the, the, the father of the family. So he said, once you are born into this world, you cannot get out. You cannot get out. You'll say, but I can get out by dying. I'm sorry. You cannot get out. You will never die. Once you are born into the earth through a woman, you cannot escape. You are forever in a prison called alive, but as a sinner. You are going to be judged forever. You cannot escape. A lot of people think that, hey, let me just die. I can escape all the problems. I'm sorry. You just close your eyes and open yourself to another place where you still exist. You're still going to be in judgment, you still go to be in sin. You cannot escape. The only way you can die fast is by, by accepting Jesus Christ as the Son of God. The moment you accept Jesus as the Son of God, God credits you Jesus' death. Forget about the resurrection part of it. He first gets you to die. See, it is impossible for a man to die because man is a spirit. He will live forever. Yet, when God himself became a man and died, it was possible because he paid the final price. The judgment was already done. That is why you, he credits you his death. That is so huge. 
when God credits you the death of Jesus Christ, you could finally get out of this prison called man. You'll say, what, why would I want to get out of the prison called man? Ask anybody. How many of you want to live here forever? Not in the current state. Definitely not. Correct? Not in, the, in a decaying state. Not in this corruption. Not in this mess. You don't want to live in here forever. Correct? Yes, in a perfect state, yes. But in the current state, you want to get out of this place. You want to get out of this place. But you cannot get out because you have to pay the price. You've sinned. Judgment is going to happen. Finally, God credits you his death of Jesus Christ as a gift when you accept Jesus Christ as a son of God. Okay. Now, then what happens? After you die, you are resurrected because Jesus Christ was resurrected. And you are born again. Yes or no? You agree? Okay. So the first time you were born, who was your father and mother? You had a father and mother, correct? That's why you're... What's that again? Our, our earthly parents were our father and mother, correct? So you were born of a father and mother, that you were born of flesh, and you were born into the world, correct? Now you die. That means you died to your father and mother. Yes or no? Yes or no? So when you die, you die. So when you accept Jesus Christ as the son of God, what happens is God credits your death. So who died when Jesus died? Not our sin. You died. Like for example, my name is Anil Vergis. My mother's name is Annama Vergis. And my father's name is P.P. Vergis. Correct? So, I am the son of P.P. Uh, Vergis and Annama Vergis. Correct? So when I accepted Jesus Christ, who died? Anil Vergis died. You need to get this. You'll say, but Anil is still alive. Oh, well, let me tell you the good news. What you're seeing is not Anil Vergis. Okay, because you don't understand this, but this is the truth. The Anil Vergis who was born of P.P. Vergis and Anama Vergis died the moment, and that was, when was it, Milo? You remember that? In the eighth grade, when I'd gone to a Bible camp and I was watching a cartoon of Pilgrim's Progress by, you know, Pilgrim's Progress is a famous novel and there was a cartoon about him, ca cartoon about that uh, Pilgrim's Progress story about a pilgrim who's going through life's journey and finally accepts Jesus and, you know, amazing. And I watched it on cartoon and my heart was so moved that I gave my life to Jesus Christ by watching <laughs> the Pilgrim's Progress. And I, I, at the end of the thing, I walked to the speaker and I said, I want to be born again, you know? And I was so excited about it. I was like, something happened that night. And, uh, I, and th those were the days there was no cell phone. So I finished my prayer. He told me it was an Egypt, uh, Australian missionary who was uh, running this uh, Bible camp. And I, it was a, it was a, 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 a dull-looking room in, in the speaker's room. Hardly any light, but I was kneeling on the floor. And I got up and I said, I need to call my mom. My, my, my dad was working abroad. My, uh, I called my mom because uh, I need to tell her that I am born again. And I didn't even know what this word means. And there was no cell phone. So he made a call to my neighbor's house. And the neighbor called my mom. And I told my mom, Mom, I am born again. <laughs> She, I know, she's from the Orthodox Church background. She has no clue what's going on, you know. But something happened. 
and something happened that day. Anil, the son of Annama and P.P. Vergis died and a new creation was born. And who is the parents of this person, new person? God the Father. God the Father is his father. And who is his mother? No, there is the answer to the Bible. The Jerusalem. Bible, Jerusalem. There is a heavenly Jerusalem who is the mother of us all. I'm trying to give you now basic understanding of who is your father and mother in this passage, okay? We're going to get into some deep teaching. Not really, but who is your parents? We need to get you introduced to your parents. Your father in heaven is your father. And who is your mother? Heavenly Jerusalem is your mother. We'll, we'll cover all of this. You need to get this foundations very clear because something happened. See, Satan cannot fool you anymore. The one who sinned died. And the one who is born again is a perfect human being who cannot sin. Did you hear me right? This born again person cannot sin. You say, Anil, where is the verse? Hold on, hold on. We'll give you all the verses. You are forever perfect. And God just did something amazing. When he created Adam, he created him outside of him. Yes or no? Correct? It was an external event, correct? So, but when he, uh, he created you, he put, took you and made you inside Christ Jesus. So what, so if you make any mistake, God cannot, nobody can accuse you of sin because Jesus cannot have sin in him. Make sense? Because you are in him, your location determines your what was the word that we said last time? Your location determines your position. position. Your location determines your position. Your righteous position is not based on what you did. Your righteous position is based on your location. God decided a unique method that when I'm going to recreate, when I'm going to create this new species called born again, sons of God, I'm going to put them in the Son of God. The sons of God are going to be put in the Son of God. You got the picture? The sons of God are all going to be put in the, in the Son. So that the sons of God, whatever they do, they cannot mess up because they are going to be forever in the Son of God. You got it? In Christ was a mystery that the Bible never explained fully in the Old Testament. Therefore, you never hear the words in Christ, in God, in the Old Testament, because it was hidden. God's plan was right from the beginning. This man, I created the first Adam, I made him external, and he was responsible for his actions. And the moment he sinned, he lost all the blessings of the earth. Correct? Because he, he, he that field was defiled. Remember I talked to you, talk to you about that field that he purchased with the wages of his iniquity? That was the earth. He was given to him, but he messed it up. Correct? But now, we are in Christ Jesus. So, so when we were born again, God, you have a new father. You have a father. And that father is the father God. Correct? Okay. So, how did he create you? Okay, let me ask you a question. How did he create the first man, Adam? How did he create him? 
Yeah, but what is the process? From the uh, earth. He created man from the earth. Adam was created from the earth, correct? He was made with God's hands. He made him, formed him with the clay. And Jesus used that picture when he was healing the blind man with uh, blind man. Uh, and he was, she was showing that I am the one who used the clay and actually made him because it was Jesus who did that. God the Father, remember the Bible says everything was made through Jesus Christ. Everything. John chapter 1 talks about it. First uh, John talks about it. A lot of the verses talk about it. A lot of the chapters talk about it, That God made everything through the Lord Jesus Christ. So how did Jesus create man? He created man with his hands. He formed him with the dust of the earth. How did God create the born again man? In spirit? No, no. What is the process? Yeah, but what is the process? What exactly happened? See, you know exactly how Adam was created. Yes or no? Okay. Who was the next? Who was the second Adam? Jesus. How was Jesus made? <laughs> I don't even, I can't even use the word made or begotten. Begotten. How was he begotten? Yeah, you will say that Jesus always existed, correct? Yes. But Jesus always existed. Okay. Do you want to know exactly how God resurrected Jesus Christ? Say yes. It's easy. <laughs> okay. Let's go to. Let's go to. Okay. Let's go to Acts. Acts chapter 13 verses 26 onwards. Now Paul is uh, preaching this in a synagogue in Antioch. And this is what he says. Acts chapter 13, verses 26. Men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, and those among you who fear God, to you the word of the salvation has been sent. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath, has fulfilled them, uh, uh, have fulfilled them, condemning him. And though they found no cause for death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now, when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him up, raised him from the dead. And he was seen by many days for, by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who was with him witnessing to the people. And we declare to you the good tidings, the glad tidings, which promise, uh, that promise which was made to the fathers. God fulfilled this for us their children, that he raised up Jesus. This is how he raised up Jesus. Watch this. As it is also written in the second Psalm, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. You got it? How did God raise Jesus up? By speaking. So what was Jesus was in hell, dead, completely dead. Remember, when Jesus died, he fully died. He was not like half dead and God resuscitated him. No, he was fully dead. Then how did God the Father raise Jesus? He spoke to him while he was dead. He said, you are my son. Today, see, it was a point in time. He's not like God. Jesus existed right from the beginning. Yes, but he died. Brothers and sisters, Jesus died. God who became man. See, that was one of the biggest challenges that Satan never understood. He's like, man, 
how can God number one come as a man and why would he come as a man because if you come as a man you're going to be subject to death why would you take such a big risk you you see what a big risk that God took see as God he could never die but as man he could die how could he die if he had made one mistake one law even if he had thought one evil guess what happens he sinned he sinned and he will die because the wages of sin is death see how great was the love of god that he would put himself in such a precarious position to reach out and help you he want he came down and subject himself to the laws of earth and became vulnerable to death the bible says in philippians that he made himself a servant for the sake of death see because as god he could never die see god the father cannot die the holy spirit cannot die so one part of the godhead that was the son decided you know what i am going to go down and become a man and i will expose myself and become a servant to this law which was not meant for god man it was meant as a method to show that they could never keep the righteousness demands of god but i will subject myself to that same law and i will fulfill it and i will still die because now when i die i will not die for my sin because i broke the law i will die why because for everybody else you got it now he became a perfect substitute there is you your a murderer cannot tell another thief hey i am going to jail for my uh, uh, i've killed a man and i'm going to jail for 20 years by the way you have stolen something why don't you add that also to me <laughs> and you can be free can you be a substitute no, no. once once you are a criminal you have to suffer for your own sake when jesus came down he became a perfect substitute and he took that okay let's go to another verse which is very powerful let's look at this verse trying to get uh, okay so let's go to acts chapter when he spoke to uh, when peter now this was paul let's look at what peter said okay let's look at uh, acts chapter 2 acts chapter 2 verse verse 11 he that means david foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of christ now david is writing about christ resurrection he says that his soul was not left in hades god did not leave jesus soul in hell nor did his flesh see corruption verse 32 this jesus has raised up of which we are all witnesses therefore god has exalted him to the right hand of god and having received from god the father the promise of the holy spirit he poured this which which you now see and hear for god david did not ascend into heaven but he says himself the lord said to my lord sit at my right hand till i make your enemies your footstool so so what did god say god when he raised up jesus he said today i have begotten you sit at my right hand till i make your enemies your footstool so god raised up jesus that means jesus was a new creation at this point of time brand new because he's been b- resurrected right he's he's the first of a kind it, it was jesus died as a man and as god but 
God raised him up and now he's raised him up by speaking to him. Today you are my son. Today I have begotten you. See, remember, remember this. And we need to get this very clear. God never made Jesus. How many of you will agree God never made Jesus? Right, because he was not a created being. He existed with God the Father from the right, from the very, very beginning because he was God. But yet when he died, God raised him up from the dead by saying, today I have begotten you. Why? Because he is making, said, if I can raise Jesus up as a son, today I have begotten you, I made you my son. He says, Jesus is a first fruit of a kind that will all follow. We are all in the same line that was raised up by speaking. Got it? So how was the second Adam raised up? By speaking. So how are you become a son of God? By speaking. God the Father raised you up by speaking. So Sushil, the one that I see in the Zoom call right now is not the Sushil who was born of a father and mother here on the earth. This Sushil was raised up by speaking to him, saying what? Sushil, you are my son. Today, I have begotten you. Who is your father? God. God. It's not a woman who begot you. It was a father who begot you. You got it? Now you are what? What is your position at this point of time? You are whose son? You are God's son. You remember that you and I are now God's son. We, are, we have a title called the sons of God. I'll say, but Anil, everything looks the same. Everything looks the same. Uh, I don't see any difference. Okay, hold on. Let's go back to John chapter 3. Let's go to the famous chapter of born again. John chapter 3. John chapter 3. This is the Nicodemus coming to Jesus. This man, Nicodemus, came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, you know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So what he's saying is, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus and saying, Hey, you're a teacher, you're doing all these great things. I think we know that you come from God. Jesus straight away comes to the point. Nicodemus, you want to do, you want to become, you want to do the same things that I do and you want to learn from me how to do it. Yes or no? That's what he's trying to do, right? Nicodemus is coming to Jesus because he, Jesus is a rabbi. He calls him a teacher. He says, you're a rabbi. We know that you come from God and no one can do the stuff that you do. So he says, so Jesus does, goes straight to the question that he does not ask what is the question that nicodemus is wanting to ask how to be born again no that's not what he's asking how do i how do i enter how do i get the benefits of this kingdom of god and what are the benefits of the kingdom of god kingdom of god means to be part of the same kingdom that god has that god's kingdom correct and what is the kingdom of god who can tell me what's god's kingdom the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but, but righteousness, righteousness peace, peace and, joy. and joy in the Holy Spirit. Correct? Joy in the Holy Spirit is one part. So righteousness, peace and joy. Correct? So righteousness is how can I be part of this kingdom where I am completely righteous forever, perfectly? How can I be part of this kingdom which I have 
peace forever. That means everything perfect, nothing lacking, nothing missing. How can be in this kingdom where I have joy forever? How can I get into this kingdom? So what does Jesus say? You cannot get into the kingdom except by being born again. What is he implying? You, you have to die. See, that is the biggest revelation that Jesus... Now, why can Jesus say that? Jesus is able to say that because he has come from heaven. It's, who can tell you about the kingdom of God? Except the one who has come from the kingdom of God. Or except the king himself. He says, this is my kingdom. I will tell you how you can get in. You cannot get in by being a son of a woman. Hold on. Did I say something major? You cannot get the benefits of the kingdom of God by being a son of a man. Let me repeat. You cannot get the benefits of the kingdom of God by being son of a man. Which man? A small man. The first Adam man. You cannot come get the benefits of it. You can only get the benefits of it by being, being born again. But when you are born again... Okay, can you hear me now? Yeah. That sounds like Verizon ad. Do you hear me now? <laughs> I wonder why, why, why uh, he doesn't want you to hear, uh, Satan doesn't want you to hear this part, that you cannot get into the kingdom of God by being a man, by, by being the son of a man. Which man? This Adam, small man, not the heavenly man. You got the picture? You cannot enter the kingdom of God by you cannot access guys i don't know how powerful this this truth will affect your life you cannot access any benefits of the kingdom by being a son of a man sushil what's your last name sushil sushil comedy cannot access any benefits by being a comedy is i'm trying to tell you you cannot access it you have to get rid of your last name. Right. And the only way you can get rid of the last name is by? Dying. <laughs> Herein lies Sushil Komeridi. You have a birth date and you have an end date. Done! Now you need to have... Sorry, Milu is saying don't scream. <laughs> So, but, so you know what I mean? So you can only access it. You can only access this kingdom of God's benefits by being born again. That means you have to be born of God himself. You have to be born of God. You have to be born of God. That means it's a totally new creation because that guy died. But the only problem is God has not given you, he has given you that born again spirit but he has not given you the born again body. body. But Jesus has what? Born again body. Born again body. So because so, say, uh, say same same. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in in uh, I I I we worked we worked in Muscat right for about two and a half years. The Arabics, uh, the, uh, the local people, the English is not that fluent. They're very, 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 obviously, this uh, converse mostly in Arabic, right? So, so, uh, so if they want to say, I want the same thing as this, 
they have a very simple thing. Same, 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 same. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so they will not say, ah, give me the same thing. You say, same, 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 same. So we, we, were, we were walking in. I, I, I used to be a brand manager at a Lexus uh, dealership there. So when these uh, rich guys used to come, so the sultan, used, the sultan of the country would have these top-of-the-line Lexus car, right? For, it used to be called the LS400 that time. That was the top-of-the-end car. And he used to drive one. So these, his ministers would come into the showroom and guess what they will say? Same, same. <laughs> so I want same, same, like what Sultan drives, right? So we knew what it means. Same, 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 same model, same car, same engine, everything, same, same. So when God raised Jesus up, so every one of us says what? Same, same. same. <laughs> so he has this new body, which is born again, new body, which never, that's why the first thing when Jesus was resurrected, he goes to his disciples and says what? I am not a spirit. I am what? Touch me, for touch my bones and a spirit does not have flesh and bones. He's saying, I am not just a spirit. I am a new body, a new creation that never existed. This is not the first Adam. This is a totally different Adam. You know, the first Adam was born out of how? How was the first Adam created? With mud, with dust. Yes or no? And it was made with hands. Yes or no? Okay, how was the second Adam made? By words. By words. By God speaking. Saying into hell. Saying, rise up. I have begotten you. I have birthed you. And that's how Jesus was born. Wow. And when Jesus was born, guess what? Sushil was born. Jyotsna was born. Bobby was born. Everybody is in him right now. Correct? But it is available. But you actually manifest the moment you accept Jesus Christ as God. It was purchased. It is now given for you. And now you are the same. So Jesus has this new body in heaven right now. That is the body that he could walk through walls. He could eat anything. And a totally brand new body. In fact, they could not even recognize him. Remember after he, after he appeared before Mary outside the tomb, she didn't know who he was. He didn't look like, like familiar Jesus. They would know that he was Jesus by the stuff that he would do. Like, for example, the disciples at Emmaus Road. They, he walked with him for almost how many miles? About a Sabbath day's journey from uh, Jerusalem. That was almost, uh, I don't know how many miles would that be? About 12, 13 miles uh, from uh, Jerusalem. And he, they only discovered that he was Jesus when he did something very Similar what Jesus the man before he died did. He broke bread. And the way he broke bread, they knew this is Jesus. Because he looked totally different. He looked totally different. He was a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. But we are a brand new creation, but in Jesus. But Jesus was resurrected with a new body. And he was resurrected by words. And you were born again by words. And you, you can only access the kingdom by being born again. Okay, let's go to this. We have a lot of things to cover, but hopefully we'll, we, we will not be able to cover all of this. But let's go to this. Okay, let's look at this. So verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? What's the answer? 
No, but assume that he could go into his mother's womb and be born. Can he enter the kingdom of God? Why? That because you yeah, can. He's still flesh. He is still flesh. He see no matter what you do, if you come into this earth by going through a mother's womb, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus makes a point. Okay, look at what he says, verse five. Jesus answered, "Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh." But that which is born of spirit is spirit. You have to be born in your spirit, a brand new spirit. You have to be born completely of spirit. Let's keep reading. Do not marvel when I say to you, you must be born again. And then Jesus uses amazing analogy about being born again. And you know, many times you have read this and you just pass by. You're like, what does it mean? But Jesus says, the wind blows where it wishes. and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit what does that mean he says being born again is like the wind can you see the wind we cannot see the wind how do you know that there is wind how do you know suppose you are not in vicinity of the wind but it's at at a distance how do you know you can hear it that's what jesus said look at this the wind blows where it wishes you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes so is everyone who is born of the spirit everyone is born of the spirit when you're born again did you see any physical changes in your body but yet a new spirit was born right now in your spirit when you when you were when you accepted jesus a brand new spirit see god god the father is called the father of spirit that means he birthed a new spirit when you accepted jesus christ that spirit is a brand new spirit it was born out of words and you don't see you see the effect of it like for example you suddenly felt when i accepted jesus something was different i cannot tell i looked the same i was still that eighth grade student i face looked different but something was different what was different i was a new spirit i just had the old body but it was a brand new spirit that is what happened but now this spirit that walked out of that speaker's room was born of god completely born of god now you're born of god amen do you get the picture so we are born of god so we don't understand look look at what he says let's read first corinthians go back to first corinthians chapter 15 quickly let's go to first corinthians chapter 15 so what is the implication of this first corinthians chapter 15 So when he when he when so we were really stuck at the first verse, chapter twenty, the first uh, first first Corinthians chapter fifteen verse twenty. It says, "Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits." So what is the characteristic of the first fruits? How do you know something is a first fruit of something? The rest will look just like the first fruit. Remember, the first fruit is a picture. It's a Hebrew word called the tithe. So Jesus Christ was a tithe. So whatever is the whatever happens to the tithe happens to the rest so that's a law in the bible so when whatever happens to the tithe happens to the rest so when the tithe is separated like when you give money right when you give your income as part of the tithe it is separated correct let me ask you a question can you lose your tithe 
Can you suffer? Can you suffer loss of the tithe? No. No. Why? It's already given. It's already given. Oh yeah, Allah Rajesh's voice. Okay. <laughs> the tithe is given. Why? When you give the tithe, can let me ask you a question? Can your mortgage guy, mortgage bank, can he access your tithe? What about your electricity provider? Can he put a lien against the tithe? Hey, by the way, can, if you, when somebody is divorced, can they access the tithe? They cannot. Because the tithe is given, correct? Because the tithe is separated. Nobody can touch that tithe. Because it is now with whom? Who has the tithe? God has the tithe. It is separated. So what happens? God, God, the, there, is a, there is a principle in the Bible. And this is a... It's, it's instituted for this particular purpose. It's really not only meant for your uh, income. It is really meant for your born again experience. God instituted the tithe so that he's saying, whatever happens to the tithe, then whatever will be the rest will have the same benefits. So what Jesus did, remember when Jesus used this word, don't touch me after he resurrected because I have not yet ascended to my father. What is he saying? No, I, I am the tithe. Let me go up. Because once I go up, what's the benefit for you? Because you will be the same. Because if I am ascended into the Father's right hand, guess what happens to you? Yeah. Can, can, can Satan enter the most holy of holies? No. What happens if Satan enters the most holy of holies? He will be destroyed. Correct? So when Jesus went into the Holy of Holies, he got separated. Nobody can touch him. Satan cannot touch him. What happens to the rest of the tithe, rest of the thing? If that's why Jesus, Malachi says that. Remember we talk, preach Malachi as being under tithe? <laughs> really, that is just a side benefit of the whole chapter. The main benefit is, he says, bring all of your tithe into the storehouse and I will rebuke the Devourer. What is he saying is, once Jesus comes in, he's all of my tithe. Guess what happens? Devourer cannot touch the rest of you. Hallelujah. He cannot. See, your tithe sits at the Father's right hand. He cannot touch you because Jesus, God promised, if the tithe comes to me, what will I, what will I do to the remnant? I will not allow the rebuke devourer to touch you. The fruits of the rest, the rest, say the rest. The rest. Who is the rest? You are the rest. Are the rest. <laughs> Jesus is the tithe. You are the, that's why the word remnant shows up so much in the New Testament. The remnant, the remnant, the remnant. Who are the remnant? Yes, it's a picture of Israel to some extent, but it's primarily a picture of the church, we are the rest. The rest that God has separated the tithe. Therefore, God, Satan cannot touch us. That's why he told, let me go first. Let me become a tithe first. So Jesus became a first fruit. So whatever is the first fruit is exactly the copy would be the rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, let's look at this. Verse Verse 20, let's read it again. Now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. Okay, let's go to this verse. Now, uh, Paul is talking something very powerful here. He's talking, he's comparing the two Adams. The, Adam, the first Adam gave you a body. The second Adam also gives you a body. Remember the first Adam gave you a body that you operate in right now? 
whose body are you operating in right now? The first Adam's body, correct? The, what happens when, you, when your physical body dies? Where does it go? The dust. dust. Why does it go to the dust? Because it came from dust. See, wherever you come from, oh, that is beautiful. Always, the, what, one day I was having my Bible study and the Lord was telling me, wherever you came from, you return to the same place. Do you get the revelation? Where did your body come from? The dust. So it will return back to dust. Where did your spirit come from? God, the, father. the Father. So where will you return? To the Father. To the father. Wherever you came from, you return to the same place. So when, when the first Adam was made out of earth, so, he, so anybody who is out of that Adam will return back to the earth. Right? So look, let's read this. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter 15. Verse 42, so, so also is the resurrection of the dead. The body is sown in corruption, it is raised in incorruption. So your new body is, has no corruption in it. That means it won't decay, it won't get old. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. Now you have a glorious new body, you have a glorious new creation. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. Now your born again person is a raised in power. When God raised you up and you're born again, he was raised in power. Okay, it is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body and there's a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam became a life, a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, the first Adam became a living being, but the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural. And afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth. Say the earth. Earth. Made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. So let me ask you a question. Are you also from a man? Yes. But which man? Second. The second man. Then that man is called the Lord from heaven. What's his name? Jesus. Jesus. Correct? Okay. So who created Adam? God the Father created Adam, right? Through his son, right? So, who, who begot Jesus? God the Father. So, he's the second Adam. Do you got the picture of the first Adam, the second Adam? Correct? So, there are two new, two creations. The Adam creation and the second Adam creation, which God calls the second Adam, which is the Lord from heaven. And God calls the second Adam the heavenly man. Say heavenly man. Heavenly man. This is so huge. If you just stay with me, you'll get an implication of what it means. Verse 48. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. Make sense? Is there any confusion about it? No. As was the man of dust, so also those who are made of dust. Correct? That means every Adam was of dust, so everybody who came from Adam was also of dust. Okay, let's look at the next verse. As is the heavenly man, as is the heavenly man, who is the heavenly man? Jesus. Jesus. So also are those who are heavenly. Who are heavenly now? Are you are heavenly. Okay, L look at verse 49. As we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Let me ask you a question. 
you so automatically expect the stuff that happens to men should also happen to you. Yes or no? Yes. Like they become sick, you expect to become sick. They suffer, you suffer. Why? They are bearing whose image? The first man's image. But why are you bearing the first man's image? You are not supposed to bear the first man's image. Whose image should you bear? Second man. Who, what stops you from bearing the second man's image? Because you have an expectation that what happens to, the, happens to men should also happen to you. Correct? Because you are expecting that you are a son of Adam. But ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, let me introduce you to your new father and mother. You are not from that first Adam. You are from a second Adam who is a heavenly man in heaven. So you have to bear his image. What is the expectation of him? How does he operate? How does he live? How does, let me ask you a question. Does this heavenly man uh, grow old? No. So should you expect to grow old? No. no. You say, but Anil, that is, doesn't make sense. How can you mean that you cannot get old? Let me show you an example. Paul said, let me tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. <laughs> what is that meaning? We shall not all sleep. I agree there is a bunch of people. There's a church for a longest period of time wants to bear the image of the earthly man and sleep. But he, Paul says, there is a generation coming that will refuse to sleep. They are going to say, no, we are not going to bear the image of the earthly man. We are going to bear the image of the heavenly man. And then Paul says, we shall all be changed. Let me show you something very powerful. Go to John, uh, John chapter, Jesus at resurrection. John chapter 11. Jesus outside Lazarus' tomb. He's handling some deep truths about uh, resurrection. Jesus, um, uh, chap John chapter 11, verse 24. This is Martha and Mary, you know, he, their brother died, Lazarus. And Martha meets Jesus in verse 24. And Martha says to Jesus, he says, Martha said to him, oh, sorry, uh, in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that you, whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So he, Jesus categorizes two kinds of believers. The first category is, he who believes in me, though he dies. Why will he die? Bearing the earthly image. Correct. Because he decided to bear the earthly image of the first Adam. Correct. So what's going to happen to him? Though he may die. So that doesn't make any sense. If you believe in him, you should not die. Correct. But yet... Here is a believer who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, but dies. Why does he die? Because he's looking at the first man. That is one of the reasons we take communion. We take communion because we are proclaiming that the first man died. <laughs> we proclaim the Lord's death, not his resurrection. He proclaimed the death. Why would you proclaim the death of somebody? 
I would want to proclaim the life of somebody. I want to proclaim resurrection. Yes, because if you don't proclaim the death of the first, the second Adam, which is what you do communion. When you take communion, what are you doing? You are proclaiming whose death? The first Adam or the second Adam? You are proclaiming the death of the first Adam who Jesus took the place of. Make sense? Correct? Jesus took the place of the first Adam and died. So when you're proclaiming that the Lord Jesus died, you are telling your body, body, no more autoimmune diseases. You already died. Why are you going slowly to death? Let me give you a fast track to die. You died. <laughs> what, is, what is autoimmune diseases? What, what is the body doing? A body is slowly killing you. So when you take communion, you're telling the body, let's hurry this up. Let's provide you the death right away so that you don't have to kill me over one week. Why don't you die quickly? That's what you do communion. You're proclaiming that Jesus Christ died in your place. He's proclaiming that he, your body is dead in Jesus Christ because you don't want anything to do with the first Adam's image. You got the point? So when you take communion, you're proclaiming Jesus died in his body. Jesus died. Whose body was that, that he died? It was your body. Your body that he took and died. That's so powerful. So the revelation of communion is the revelation of a believer who, who is prone to die. And Jesus offers him, take, eat my flesh and drink my blood. Do this till I come. Because after I come, guess what? You will never have a problem with dying. What, what, what changes after he comes? What happens after he comes? Why does a believer not die after he sees Jesus? What happens when you see Jesus? We become like he is. As he... As he is, so are we. What stops you from transforming right now? Nothing. 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 That's what he says. Continue to see Jesus and this Holy Spirit will put his image on your body. That means your body which technically should die because it is image patterned after Adam will start producing new stuff happening in your body. It starts region, which is exactly what happened to Sarah. Remember Sarah and Abraham was bearing whose image? Adam's image. Adam's image. And Adam says that once you are 99, what happens? What should happen to you? You cannot bear fruit. But what happened? When Jesus says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. What happened? What happened? Look at, look at the verse that Jesus said. Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. When do you think he started bearing fruit? When he saw Jesus. When did Abraham saw Jesus? On the mountain. Correct. He showed him there. But he also showed him when God promised God. Remember when the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud walked in the midst of it and he saw the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was the Lord Jesus Christ? The pillar of cloud. The pillar of fire is God the Father. Remember, our God is a consuming fire. And that is why the word cloud is always associated with Jesus Christ. That's one of the reasons when, when he was raised up, how did he go? What took him up? He, was, he went in a cloud. He went in a cloud. When he's coming back, how is he coming? On the cloud. On a cloud. Clouds. Why clouds? Why plural? Remember the musket story. Same, same. <laughs> Because he comes, he comes on a cloud 
how do you, how do you think how we, how are we coming no coming remember the lord comes with 10000s of his saints who are these no yeah but we are also on his clouds remember we meet him in the air on the clouds so he the the world sees jesus with this clouds who are these other clouds because he has only a cloud that is his but the rest of the clouds are yours same same first fruit same you will also have a cloud so we are all that's why hebrew says therefore we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses you always talk about clouds because jesus has a cloud you have a cloud that's how it is so what are we talking about so the reason we become we never die after we see jesus is because we become like him because we see him as he is right now we don't see him clearly therefore we continue to bear the image of the one that we can see which image do you see clearly the first adam or the second adam so when you look in the mirror which image do you see the first adam's image correct because this is the same image that was born in some hospital many years back correct is the same image because it's the bo- you're seeing the image of the first adam day by day but god says and god wants you to bear the image of the second adam look at what he says so i am the resurrection and the life he who believes in me though he may die he he shall live verse 26 and who lives who lives next category of believers whoever lives and believes in me what happens to him shall never die if you live and how do you live you live by bearing the image of jesus christ if you have that life flowing in you you will never die you say but that's too much of that's too much why don't we just believe what happens didn't abraham and sarah get completely renewed youth couldn't in fact after sarah died abraham continued to have children and he married another wife his her name was ketura i love i love the first name and the last name both rhymes sarah ketura everything you know so he he he, he was productive he could not stop being fruitful because he saw the lord jesus christ so let's bring it to a close for for the time being let's go to first corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 first corinthians chapter 15 verse 50 can somebody read that now this is this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god nor does corruption inherit incorruption correct so look at what he says verse 50 now now this i say brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god see flesh and blood that means your flesh and your blood that means everything about your physical existence that has to do with the first adam cannot inherit the kingdom of god you cannot inherit the kingdom because corruption cannot inherit corruption but this i tell you mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall all be changed so when you are born again you are born of god com- directly and you have access into the kingdom of god and you are now called a son of god that is huge and now we can access everything of the kingdom of god let's, let's go to matthew chapter 16 verses 13 now 
this is the born again experience of Peter. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, what, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon bar Jonah. Now Jesus is addressing Simon as what? As the son of Adam or the son of God? Simon bar Jonah. So look at what he's saying. The moment Peter said that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that means he's, he's about to become what? He's going to about to become a son of God. So he, God, Jesus immediately say, does what? He changes his name. He calls him Simon bar Jonah. That means Simon, you are the son of Jonah, which is a physical man. Flesh and blood. Look at what the word. Remember flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Peter. Let me ask you a question. What about his last name? It's gone. gone. Your last name is gone. Peter's last name has gone. What's happened here? He's got a different father. What happened to his last name? You have to drop your last name if you want to inherit the things of the kingdom. I'm not saying <laughs> physically, don't stop going and stop calling yourself by your first name. But what he's saying is you have a new name. Your God, your father in heaven is your new father. You have a new name. You are born again. You have something has changed. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Let's look at John chapter 1 verse 12. For as many as has received him to him, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, now we are born of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you one very powerful example and then we will quickly close it up. Okay. Let's go to, there are so many verses, but, but we, we only have time for a few stuff. But let's look at this. There are two promises that God has promised you about your new birth. Number one, that you will be born from God. Okay, let's go to Romans chapter 9. He's talking about both your births. Verse 8, Romans chapter 9, verse 8. This is those that are the children of the flesh. These are not the children of God. Okay, let me repeat that. These, those that are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. So children of God are not children of the flesh. So again, the same point. But the children of the promise are counted as seed. Because Jesus, God said in, to Abraham, in Isaac your seed shall be called. For Verse 9, for this is the word of promise. At, that, at this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. So how did Sarah have a son? By the promise. By the promise, by a word. How are you born again? By the word. By the word. 
by God speaking a word. See, Sarah was physically dead. Abraham was physically dead. But they wanted to access the power of the kingdom of God, like supernatural baby, correct? So they could not access it, but their body was conformed to the image of Adam. Their womb was conformed to the image of Adam. Everything says they are image of Adam. Yes or no? Yes. Yes. But yet they had a baby. How did they have a baby? By God's word. Say word. By word. So the word came to Abraham, to Sarah saying, after that, at that time, I will come and Sarah will have a child. Correct? So in your case, how did, how did you get born again? Who came and you became born again? God became a man and came to earth and Sarah had a child. Who is Sarah in this case? Jerusalem. 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 How do you know that? Remember, there are two women in the Bible. One is Hagar and one is Sarah. Sarah. Hagar had a child that is born of flesh. Sarah had a child born of? Born of the word. See, there are two mothers. Okay. You'll say, but Anil, where are you getting all this? Okay, go to Galatians chapter 4. Huge, huge. Galatians chapter 4, 4 verse 21. Tell me. Now, this is talking to believers. Remember the, the first category of believers who, are, who believe and who die? Correct? Okay, he's addressing that. Paul, he says, tell me, you who desire to be under the law. Because how do you die? How do you die? One sec, this is huge. How do, how do you die? By the, law. By the law. You remember, if there was no law, you cannot die. Let me ask you a question. How did Adam and Eve die? What happened and they caused them to die? Not sin. No, because they were, they, were, they were exposed to the law. And the law told them that they should not do a certain thing. And they did. And then the the penalty of that was death. You got the problem? So the problem was the law itself, correct? So suppose you had no law. Suppose there was no law in the garden. Would they die? No, they will never die. They will never die. Because, what is it? If you eat of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, which is the law, you shall die, correct? So if there was no law, there is no death. You got the, got the picture? Okay. Where do I get? Go, you remember this chapter when I saying 1 Corinthians chapter 15? Remember we have been harming? Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And keep a bookmark here in uh, Galatians chapter 5. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. There is a verse there. And I don't know whether somebody can find it. It says, verse 56. Uh, verse 55 uh, and 56. Can somebody read that? First Corinthians chapter 15 verses 56 and 50, 55 and 56. O death, where is your sting? Yes. O hate, where is your victory? Okay. The sting of death is sin and the strength of the sin is the law. Correct. So he's saying for a believer, you cannot die. Why can you not die? There is no law. Because there is no law. There is no law, then what happens? You cannot? No, sin. And because you cannot sin, you cannot die. 
Okay, let's look at, let's understand this verse. Let me get this into your spirit. See how dangerous the law is. You have to get this in your spirit. You cannot sugarcoat it. You cannot cover it up. Look at this. Verse 26. The sting of death is sin. Repeat after me. And the strength of sin is the law. Okay, think about a viper, its bite, and its venom. Venom. Okay, what kills you? The viper bites you. The bite, the viper is, is death. How does he bite you? With his fangs. What is the fangs? Is the sin. Is the sin. And, uh, and what, what, what comes out from the fangs? The venom. And what is the venom? Is the law. Correct. So, so look at the thing. The sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The sting of death the bite of the viper and the strength of the venom is what kills, correct? So you got the concept? Suppose you have a viper that bites you, but the, the venom has no power. Will you die? No. Okay, what happens? You, you have no venom and the viper bites you. Will you die? No. No. Suppose a viper has no bite, no teeth. Will you die? It's a comfort toy for you. Right? <laughs> what is needed for you to die? The venom is needed for you to die. You know how many proteins are there in the venom of a viper that kills? There are close to 20 different proteins that kill. In fact, they say there are close to 200 plus, but 20 major proteins in a viper's venom kills different parts of your body. One coagulates your blood. One uh, removes, breaks down your muscle. One does this. There are 20 different proteins that work together to kill its victim. Correct? The law has, law has 600 and something different laws. But God says, take 10. That 10 proteins will kill you. It is that one protein will kill you. You cannot have that one. You got the point? The point, this is Paul writing. He says the strength of the strength of sin is the law. The moment you expose yourself to the law, you will die. But not as a believer. But for a believer, he says death, there is, there is no sting. Oh, hates, where's your victory? Because God, Jesus Christ has fulfilled the law and put away sin once for all. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. Let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. It says, verse 21. Tell me who you desire to be under the law. Now it makes sense. You want to be desired. Tell me who you want. Tell, <laughs> Paul is saying, believers, tell me this. Answer this question. Why do you want to be under poison? Tell me who you want to desire to be under the law. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a born woman and the other by a free woman. And he who was of the born woman 
was born according to the flesh and he of the free woman, woman was born through promise. But these two things are symbolic for there are two covenants. One from Mount Sinai, which gives birth to bondage, which is Hagar. See, Sinai was the law. It gives birth to children, the Adam's children. It gives birth to bondage. For this is Hagar, Mount Sinai in Jerusalem, Arabia that corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now is in bondage with the children. But the Jerusalem above, not the Jerusalem on the earth, the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. Let me introduce you to your mother. The mother, your mother is the heavenly Jerusalem above. And is this mother free or in bondage? free it's not in bondage it has it is completely free now you're free to access everything of the kingdom and now this heavenly jerusalem never had any children this woman called sarah never had any children because the bible calls sarah as the heavenly jerusalem this woman never had any children who was this woman's first child jesus christ and this heavenly Jerusalem has Jesus Christ. So let's go back to Romans chapter 9. What he says, At that time I will come and Sarah will have a son. So now you are born of this heavenly Jerusalem. This mother called Sarah. That's heavenly Jerusalem. So you are born of that mother. And she is free. You are not under the law. See, what distinguishes these two mothers? One is under the law. One is free. You see the power why would you want to go and appear as if you are the child of the mother that was under the law? Why would you want to? Why would you want to be conformed to Adam and to die? You want to be conformed to this mother's child who is heavenly Jerusalem, which is Jerusalem, which is free. That means you are born of God, not under the law, but born of God. Look at what he says. After that, Sarah will have a child. So let me ask you a question. Is this fulfilled? Were you born again according to this promise? So, so did, did, did this promise work for you? Yes. Yes. We are all born again because of a word of promise. That means Sarah has her child. Jesus came. At that time, I will come and Sarah will have a child. So Jesus came. He died for us. He was resurrected. And now Sarah, who is Sarah? Jerusalem has children. Yes or no? Who was the firstborn? Jesus Christ. And we are all the rest of his children. So if Jesus was the firstborn, you are what? We are his siblings. Yeah. But the younger or the older? Younger. Younger. Okay. Get ready. Who is your elder brother? Jesus. He is. How many elder brothers do you have? Only one. What is your position in the family? Now we are talking about this whole, this whole Bible study is all about your birth. Okay. So you are talking about your father. You are talking about your mother. Now we need to get you to introduce you to your siblings. Correct. So you have only one elder brother. Who is this elder brother? Jesus. Why is he called an elder brother? Why is he called an elder brother? What's that? Because he is firstborn. <laughs> See, you don't qualify to be an elder brother because you look smart. Sushil. 
he was the only one so he is like he is he is younger older middle one everything quotes right favorite the favorite one you know but but you only qualify to be the elder one by being just one quality you have to be what the first born that position has been taken brothers and sisters you can never get that position that position belongs to the heavenly man what's his name the lord jesus you got it who is the lord jesus father god the father who is your father god the father If both of you all have the same father, what does that make you both of you all? Brothers. So he is your elder brother, correct? That's the only position. So, Manohar, you must have accepted Jesus before me, but you are not getting any more priority than me. Okay? <laughs> We are all in the because when were you born again? In 2010. No. When Jesus was raised again, you were raised up. <laughs> okay, everybody got raised up at the same time. You got it? Jesus became firstborn, and then the rest all was born. How do I know it? Remember this chapter, Isaiah chapter fifty-three, where Je- it talks about Jesus, the suffering servant. How does the next chapter open up? Rejoice, O barren! Rejoice, O barren! You who have not born. will have more children than the married woman which woman they, they are talking about two women here he saying suddenly because of what happened in isaiah 53 this woman in isaiah 54 suddenly has a multitude of children what happened we are all born so sara suddenly had lot of children how many children countless remember the promise that came to abraham you will have children as far as much as the sand of the sea who is he talking about us not the jews you are not about only israel you are talking all of us because it is this isaiah 54 woman that is talking about but this isaiah 54 woman never had any children she was not married but the i but the woman who produces children was married who was her husband first adam no the law the law was her husband and the law was demanding children demanding children but the second adam we have a new husband but jesus christ is also our husband right remember he's married us right but that's a different picture but that is important but at this point of time we are now born multitude of them through the second woman called sarah or the heavenly jerusalem that is the picture of zion it's called mount zion it's called heavenly jerusalem it's called the church it's all a woman that is born which is perfect and we are all born okay so so coming to coming to a conclusion so the first promise happened the woman had a baby or not she had a baby okay Let's go back to Romans chapter nine. How does this verse ten start? Verse ten, Romans chapter nine, verse ten. And not only this, but when Rebecca also had conceived by one man, even our father Isaac, 
for the children not yet being born, not having done anything good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls, it was said to her. Suddenly, God is introducing a second woman. See, God said something to one woman saying, Sarah, you will have a child. And that's how we were all born again. But then God introduces a second woman. Her name is what? Rebecca. And she also has a word of promise. And what is the word of promise to Rebecca? Verse 12. Say loudly. The older shall serve the younger. Say loudly. The older shall serve the younger. Say loudly. The older shall serve the younger. The older shall serve the younger. How many of you all have heard that promise? No. It's hidden. Because you don't want to get the benefits of that. That's why the Bible Holy Spirit says not only this. Hold on. Hold on. Don't just stop at the first promise. You are born again. But receive the second promise. What is the second promise? There's another woman that I also gave a promise. And what is the promise? The older shall serve the younger. Who is your older? What will he do to you? He will serve you. That is why Jesus took that towel and he said, at this time, as I wash your feet, you do not know what I am doing. Hey, they knew what he was doing. He was washing his feet. But no, they have no idea what Jesus is doing. Because for forever, God in heaven has given this job for the elder one. What is the elder one's job? To serve the younger. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you receive his service? Can you receive what he is going to serve you? This Jesus. In fact, Peter said, no, 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 no. I cannot be served by you. What did Jesus say? No, he said, if I don't allow you to serve you, you have no part with me. Not in part in me. Because he was already born again. Remember? But you cannot have part with me. That means you cannot receive the spoils of what I do. You can only receive the inheritance of the kingdom, the benefits of the kingdom, by receiving the service of your elder brother. Your elder... Let me ask you a question. Who was blessed between Jacob and Esau? That's the two sons that Rebekah had, right? Jacob and Esau, correct? Who received the benefits? Jacob. Who worked for the benefits? Esau. Esau. Who benefited? Jacob. Jacob. It's like, when Esau works for the benefits, he's the one who slogs out in the fields. He's the one who pleases the father. He's the one who does the, all the works of his hand. And who gets the benefits of it? Jacob. Jacob. That is why whenever the Bible says, I will give you the heritage of Jacob, always underline it and say, I will give you the benefits of the service of the elder one. That is why God uses that word, I will give you the heritage of Jacob. He doesn't give you the heritage of Esau. Because if you have to give the heritage of Esau, guess what you have to do? You have to work. 
Let me ask you a question. When did this promise come to Rebecca? When the children were already born? When they had already done something good or evil? Or before that? Before that. Look at the verse says. For the children, verse 11. Not having born. This promise came even before you were born again. Not having done any good or evil. Even after... Before you were born again, before God knew whether you would do any good for him, whether you would do any ministry, whether you would pay any price, whether you would work out, do what, everything that he's called you to do. Before you have decided, what does he decided when he, before you were born again? What does he do, say? The older shall serve the younger. I'm telling you, this revelation, a lot of believers don't walk in. They are always trying to do what the elder brother does. And they can never receive the benefits of it. Allow the older one to serve you. How does he serve you? He serves you by showing his exceeding riches in Christ Jesus. He washes you. He cleanses you. He blesses you. He fills you with abundant glory and victory. Because he is a son of God, but he is also the elder son. I'm telling you, we have to walk into this new season where if you want to take great prey in your life, you have to allow the elder one to serve you. You have to have the Lord Jesus Christ to serve you. How do you do it? First of all, you have to know that you are the son of the same father that he is the son of. Otherwise, you wouldn't be so... Uh, let me put this. What gives Jacob the confidence that Esau will serve him? Because his father said so. Because he's of the same household, correct? The fact that you are the son of God is your credentials to make sure, to avail of the benefits of the service of the elder one. Because the elder one is of the same household. Hallelujah. See, now that's what you receive. Once you say that you are a son of God, you suddenly position yourself for great increase. Great, great, great increase. I want you to get this revelation that you are a son of God. Hallelujah. You are a son of God. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. You know, God's original plan was only one chapter in the Bible. It starts in Genesis chapter 1 and then it is Revelation chapter 21 and Revelation chapter 22. That's it. Everything else is just the history of what he did. He just wanted to do that. Let's look at this verse. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, or over, over the uh, cattle, over all the earth, and over all creeping things that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. When God created man, what was on his mind? Dominion. Dominion. That's it. He, he had only one thing in his mind. He had dominion on his mind. You can only access that place where you have dominion, like God has dominion, 
by behaving like God. How did God have dominion over all the earth? By all the sea. By how did he do it? By speaking or doing? By speaking. He had dominion by speaking. So if you are the son of God, say same, same. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> so you do the same thing. You speak and have dominion. He has only one thing on his mind. When God says, let us make man in our image, let him have dominion. Image means let him have dominion over all the things just like we have dominion over all the things. And how does God have dominion over everything? By, by speaking. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. And let's go here. Verse, Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. How many of you will agree that God rested on the seventh day? Okay. So what is he doing on the eighth day? What is God, what is God doing on the eighth day? What about on the ninth day? Same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> or, or any other alternate explanations? What's happening after the seventh day? Anybody else? I'm waiting for that magic answer. Okay, let me disappoint you. There is no eighth day. <laughs> and this is a revelation that you and I need to have. We live. I, this to many. I was gonna say that answer. <laughs> I thought it would be. I There is no eight day. God's seven day never ends. In fact, that seven day is called a Sabbath, and it is in that day. That he made everything. You won't believe this. Let me ask you a question. When did God make man? Six. What about the animals? So, because remember, we, have to, we, have, we cannot finish this session until I know the time when you were created also, right? <laughs> so we finished with the father, with the mother, with the brothers. But now we need to tell you when you were born. When did God create you, right? On the foundation. Foundation, I like that. But when? I'm sorry. I, you don't get... You, what, is, what shows up on your birth certificate? Okay. Uh, I, I think it's on third day. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, go, let's read... Uh, uh, Jen, uh, can everybody open their Bible? I want you to see this. This is so powerful. Thus... Uh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 1. Thus, thus, that means in this way, the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. Say finished. Finished. Verse, uh, verse 2. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he has done. So when did God rest from all the work that he had done? On the seventh day. Okay, you got the picture? So he rested from all his work on the seventh day. Correct? Correct? Okay. Look at verse 4. This is where the Bible started, which was never intended. Because remember, it's everything finished. In verse 2, 
He said, let there be light. And there was light. In the Hebrew, it says, Yahi or means light shine forth. So he all he did was that the light was already there in the study. He just turned it on because he needed the light there. Didn't mean that he created this light. This light was already there because who was that light? The light was the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, look at verse, uh, John chapter 1 verse 5. And the light uh, in him was light and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness comprehends it not. Because in the word says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He's talking about this word was the light. So this word was the light. So he, he, he said light be and he saw that the light was good and law and God divided the light from the darkness. Let me ask you a question. Where did darkness come from? No, darkness was Satan and his kingdom was already there. That is why God had to turn on the light. The earth was already there. This is post fall time. This is the time when darkness had already come. That is why the Bible says the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was hovering on the face of the waters. See, what's happened? How does God create something without form, without void, which is desolate and dark? This is not God's creation. Something happened here. Darkness had come. And God had to separate this darkness out of his creation. And God, for to do that, he, he shone Jesus Christ over this chaos. The moment he showed Jesus Christ over the scales, he separated the darkness from the light and he started time. The Bible says the evening and the morning was the first day. Is that that day small letter or capital letter? Now time, time started. The time started is the day, the small d day. Time started when darkness had already come and God was separating the darkness from the light. You got it? So now God, not time, everybody is now subject to time. But when God created everything, he created in this capital D-A-Y, day. Who are we? How, when, so when were we created? We were created in this capital D-A-Y, day. Because we were created in Christ Jesus. Remember, he created us in God. We created us in Jesus. Everything was created in this day called this light, which called day. It was outside of time. He had created all, but then everything became subject to time. You got the point? Doesn't make any sense to you, but believe it that this is exactly what happened. Genesis chapter 2 says in the day that he was created. He didn't say in the days that they were created, in the day, because all the heavens, all the earth, all the animals, Man itself, you and me, everything was created. The perfect man was created in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. And then darkness came. Then everything became subject to time. But your new creation birth was not in time. It was outside of time in Christ Jesus. That is why we can become born again on all spectrums of time. You got it? We can avail the access of time. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. 
If you are a little patient, you will jump for joy because the best part is still coming. First Thessalonians chapter, First Thessalonians chapter five verses one to five. I'm going to read this very slowly. Now, concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, but you yourself know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes like a thief in the night. So when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon you as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. Verse 4, but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day shall overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of? You are sons of day. So when were you born? In the day, you are not subject to times and seasons like anybody else. You are not subject to times and seasons like anybody else. Okay, let's go to Galatians chapter 4 verses 6 onwards. Okay, can somebody read that? And because you are sons. Because you are sons. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. Okay. Your Abba, Father. Abba Father. Okay. You are no longer a slave but a son. Son, then an heir of God through Christ. Christ, okay, keep reading. Then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn to again to weak and beggarly elements, to which you desire again to be in bondage? observe days and months and seasons and years. <laughs> this is so great. Did you see that? Now, you are not a slave anymore. You are a son, correct? Now, you are a son. Then why are you subject? Why do you want to go back to bondage like under the first woman? Why do you want to go back to bondage as a slave? Look at, why do you observe seasons, days, Yes, why do you do that? That means, why are you allowing your miracle to take time? Why are you subject to, oh no, I will be blessed, but not this year, next year. Or my son will graduate, not this year, next year. Or my, I will get a house, not this year, two years down the line. I'll pay off my mortgage, not this year. Maybe 20 years down the line. Why are you subject to the same bondage? Remember, you are not of the time. You are not subject to seasons. You are not subject to days. You are... They... they... Okay, let me ask you a question. When you get sick, how, how soon do you want to get well? Immediately. Immediately. Or, no, no, but, but the doctor says it, this virus will take seven days. Yes, for the ones who are the sons of men, yes, but not for the sons of God. For the sons of God, they are not subject to bondage according to seasons and times because you are not born in the sixth day. You are born in the Sabbath, in the finished work, in the day, which is a capital letter. You are totally overruled the day. Let me ask you a question. How did Peter walk on water? Was he walking as a son of Adam? Or was he walking as the son of God? Why did he walk as the son of God? Because he was looking at a son of God. You walk 
on water because you are looking at one who can walk on water. When you look at the Son of God, you do stuff like the Son of God does. And I'll close with this. I have been closing for a long time, but let me finally close with this one verse, which will, I, want, I want to get to this. Go back to, go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Correct. He's saying, Paul is saying, I, I, I'm afraid that I've wasted my time preaching this message for so long. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm afraid that I've spent so many time or teaching you all the stuff and Paul is writing it's like I'm wasting my time if you don't have a revelation that you are a son and not a slave why do you want to go back into bondage why don't you believe that you are a son of God why can't you operate like God operates you are not a son of Adam you are not conformed to the image of an Adam you have nothing to do with the first Adam right now you are completely new brand new you don't even have his last name this is huge. And this is never preached that you supersede time as a son of God. Let me ask you a question. Is God subject to time? How do you think his sons should be? <laughs> what the dog does, the son of the dogs do. What a donkey does, the sons of the donkey do. Correct? You know somebody, your father is something by what, you, they are, what your father does. Correct? Correct. When God is not subject to time, so are his sons. Let's, how, how do I prove it? Look at this verse. This is so powerful. Now, Jesus operated as a man, but on the earth, he operated as a son of God. Yes or no? The miracles he did, he did not as a son of a man, in, in the power of a man, but he did it as a son of God by accessing the... The fact that I do the works of my father. He didn't say I did the work of my carpenter father, uh, Joseph. He didn't do that. Okay, let's go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and there at, uh, in Jesus and in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethsaida, having five porches. And there lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water, waiting for the moving of the water. What does this imply? They're subject to time. They are subject to time. They cannot get healed immediately. There is a season. For the water to stir. The miracle will happen. But it will happen at a certain season. Correct? Now are they subject to time at this point of time? Are they in bondage to seasons at this point of time? Yes. Yes or no? Yes. Now this is huge. Because you and I don't need to wait for the stirring of the water. Okay. Keep reading. For an angel went down at a certain time. Look at the word. At a certain time. No, no, I will, I will, I will only become a millionaire after I've worked for 40 years. Who decided that? Oh, at a certain time, when I am 55. Who decided that? Why a certain time? Who is putting this time on you? You! In your mind, because you are thinking that you are a son of Adam. That's how sons of Adam operate. Sons of Adam have retirement plans. 
their increase comes from 401k. Their health comes from medical insurance. Their promotion coming from working hard. Do you want to escape? I didn't see an affirmative yes. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> yes, absolutely yes. Yeah. Do you want to be subject? Okay, keep reading. At a certain time, for an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water and whoever stepped in first, what does that prove? No. First, effort, strength, smart, strategy, positioning. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, you need to be positioned with inc for increase. You need to be at the headquarters and next to the boss's cabin if you want to be visible. Make sure you BCC everybody. See, CCC everybody. When your stuff happens, position yourself. Because when the promotion happens, you need to be the first one. That's... You're subject to bondage. Weak and beggarly elements. Weak and beggarly elements. Oh my goodness! Think about it! Okay. Those who went in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease is that. Good! You get the blessing! But there's a lot of work. There's a lot of timing. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of effort. There's a lot of private tutoring. <laughs> there's a lot of, you know... <laughs> there's all kinds of things that needs to go right for it to happen. It will happen. But there's a lot of things. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity. How many years? 38 years. Oh, look at the emphasis. Time. Time. How long was he sick? For a long time. And when Jesus saw him lying down there, he knew what? That he had already been in that condition a long time. Long time. Do you see the focus of the Holy Spirit out here? Even Jesus knew this man has been at the pool, sick and lame for a long time. Why? Why was he there at a long time? Because he couldn't go first. Because he's a son of Adam. Okay. No BCC, no CCC. No BCC, no CCC. <laughs> okay, long time. He said to him, do you want to be well? What was his answer? Why? Because you need a man. For all these years, he was depending on his strength. He's depending on. Finally, he gave up. He said, I have no man. That means I have given up on flesh. I have given up on flesh. The moment he said, I have no man, God the Father sent a heavenly man to him. And look at how this heavenly man operates. I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before him. Jesus said, rise, take up your bed and walk. Verse 9. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Hallelujah. When did the miracle happen? Let me ask you a question. For 38 years, was there not Sabbaths? Wasn't there a Sabbath for 38 years? How many Sabbaths were there in the 38 years? A lot of <laughs> Somebody calculate. 1976. 
1976 Sabbaths went and passed, but he never got healed. How come he got healed on this Sabbath? He saw Jesus. No, because this was not the, yeah, he saw Jesus, but this was not the Sabbath of Adam. This was the Sabbath of the heavenly man. The Sabbath that sons of God walk in. You as sons of God walk in Sabbath. Everything is possible. There is no time on your Sabbath. You're walking on the seventh day. Supernatural victories happen on the seventh day. The victories are accelerated. How fast did this miracle happen, Biju? Immediately. How fast is immediately? There is no time involved. If there is time involved for the word immediately, then it is not, it is not immediate. The fact that it is immediate means there is no time involved. Why is there no time involved? Because it was on the Sabbath. Why is the Sabbath? Because God had finished all his work on the Sabbath. Who was the Sabbath? Jesus Christ is the Sabbath. The sons of God operate in the Sabbath. If you believe this revelation, you know the time of your birth. You know the father who begot you. You know who your mother is. And and you know who your brother is. Your birth certificate is complete. You are ready to roll. Hallelujah. Are you ready to roll? You have a father that has begotten you by a word. You have a mother that has many more and comforts you by your side. Isaiah chapter 66. I don't have time. How she comforts you with gold and silver and blesses you and comforts you and dangles you between your legs. That's the mother, heavenly Jerusalem. She is very prosperous. You want to be a child of a rich mother. I'm telling you, of a rich father, eh. a rich mother is good. Why? Because the rich mother will give you even when you are disobedient. <laughs> a rich father, eh, you need to please him. But a rich mother, ah, don't worry. Have you ever found a mother who finds fault with the children? Never. Oh, he, he, the guy just murdered somebody. Oh, he, he, he cannot murder. He's my child. He never murdered. The mother never finds fault. Why? That's how it is. You are born of a rich Jerusalem. You have an elder brother that his assignment is to serve you. You are born outside of time in a time called day in which everything is subject to you, what's stopping you? Walk in supernatural victory, brothers and sisters. Let this revelation sink in. Go back and study it. Go back and marinate on it. Understand that you are now the the sons of God. And I've not even talked about how the Holy Spirit, you are led by the Holy Spirit, which is supernatural. You know, when... Hey, anyway, it's late. (laughs) <laughs> I've you crossed all the barriers, so it doesn't matter. But let me. Let, what's that? What's that? We are in the day. There is no time. I know that. So let's look at let's look at this. The moment the declaration came over Jesus that you are my beloved son. Remember, that's when Jesus re- received the revelation that he was the son of God. Correct? Yes or no? 
the moment he re- jesus christ received the revelation that he was the son of god when the father spoke from heaven you are my son didn't say you are the third godhead you are god who preexisted with me you he see what is the word he used for jesus he said you are my son that means you are my who is your father god the father so you are the son of god correct when he received the revelation what happened the holy spirit came upon him the holy spirit will never come on child it will only come on sons of god holy spirit never comes on children that's why on the children of israel the holy spirit never came but the moment they became sons of god the holy spirit came in fact the bible says when the fullness of time came god sent his spirit god sent his son when the holy spirit when they were full born sons when they became sons when jesus was raised from the dead because he became a son they became you became son the moment you qualified as a son the holy spirit came the moment the holy spirit came upon jesus what did the holy spirit do to jesus he drove him to the wilderness see the holy spirit drives you he is not now jesus is no longer in control of his will that's what happens for sons of god the sons of god are like ships without sail sons of god are like ships without anchors sons of god are ships without mast sons of god have no beautiful decorations on their ships sons of god are ships wild and loose to the winds of the holy spirit how do i know it go back and read isaiah chapter 33 and i won't go there we'll study it in a future passage but sons of god drive the spirit of god drives the sons of god and when you do that you take great prey say great prey what happened was when jesus was driven by the spirit to the wilderness he encountered satan and satan started testing him and one of the testings was if you bow down and worship me and if you bow down i will give you all the kingdoms of the earth the moment he did it satan's said uh, fate was sealed because he made jesus a representative for all of mankind and that's what god was waiting for see god had sent jesus as a representative for man but his enemy had to receive him as such there's no point if your enemy you cannot fight a battle if the one who fights you does not acknowledge your position like when goliath stepped on the battlefield he told david hey if you kill me then all my armies will become yours but if i kill you or you will have to you and your nation will all have to serve me when goliath said that word what did goliath do to david he made him a representative, he made him a representative. now he is vulnerable to what extent if if david kills him what will happen the whole nation his kingdom has to be subject to david correct and his kingdom correct now he doesn't have to fight every person the moment satan said jesus i will give you all the kingdoms of the world he made jesus the representative the moment he heard that jesus said thank you very much uh i'll meet you later and he walked away he got it he got it and 
How did this happen? Because he was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness. See, if you were in your right mind, I am the Son of God. What is the first thing I should do? Where should I go? Go to the temple. And... Correct. I should go to the temple in Jerusalem. But because he did not go by his intellect, he didn't see what is it? There? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. He's not going to use his Adamic uh, intellect. He's not going to use his mindset. He's not going to use his understanding. Oh, I am now the son of God. I should go into the temple and declare myself as such. I, he doesn't do that. He actually is led. The Bible says the spirit drove him in Mark. Drove him like a ship that has been drove, drawn by the uh, uh, wind. Remember Jesus said, how is it to be born again? You can, it's like the wind. He who is born of the spirit is like the wind. You cannot see it going, but you can hear it. But it will go wherever it wants. What is the, how, how are you born again? When you're born again, I'm sorry, you have no vision 2020 plan. You don't, you cannot plan what you want to do in life. You cannot say, hey, I have to make everything decide. I have to plan everything. I'm sorry. Just give up and do what the Holy Spirit says you to do. And you will do great victories for him. Amen. You want great victories. You want the billions flowing into you. You want the supernatural increase. The supernatural victories. As sons of God. Be led by the spirit of God. And that is my final word today. As sons of God. Be led by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father we come before your throne of grace. O oh Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Rashi. Just take a little bit of just to pray in tongues. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. You'll say, but Anil, this is, this is, this is a long message. Uh, I don't understand everything. But God says, accept it. It's not your job to understand everything. You just say, Amen to this word. You say, I accept this word. I accept that I am the Son of God. I am. I have the same authority I am a co-heir with Christ Jesus. I have been seated in heavenly places. I am not born of a woman. I am not born of a man. I am born of God. I am not born with human hands. I am born by the word of God. I have been seated in heavenly places. I am not subject to times and seasons. I am, I have, I am born. I, I operate in the seventh day. The day of the Sabbath. Where everything is possible. The Lord says, I'm opening up a realm for the sons of God during this time. A realm that they have not seen. A realm of supernatural health. A realm of supernatural victories. A realm of supernatural wealth that only the sons of God can access, says the Father. And you will not be able to access it through your, through your flesh. You will not be able to access it through your intellect. You will not be able to access it because you understand the ways of men. But, the, the, but my way, says the Lord, my ways are the ways of the kingdom. Lord says, whatever you decided that it will take years and months and um, uh, generations. The Lord says, release me to do a good work quickly. I cut the work short. In righteousness, says the Lord. 
I will cut it short. I will do a quick work, says the Lord, because I am not subject to your timelines. Hallelujah. The Lord says, strongholds are about to break right now in your life right now. Things that you thought was going to take time because you're operating like a son of man is going to change. For a change, you're going to say, no, 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 it is not going to take so much time. Yes, in the past, it has taken time. 38 years, 20 years, 1900 Sabbaths, it's not going to take any more time. It's going to happen now, immediately, right now. Because I'm operating as a son of God. And I declare it so. I decree it so. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Release your sons and daughters, says the Father, from the sting of death. And the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The Lord says many of you all are finding reasons to accuse your children. The Lord says, release them. Just as I have released you and you are no longer under Hagar, you are born of Sarah. Sin has no dominion over you. Now release your children right now. Release your children. You'll say, but Anil, my children are all good. But are they, are they benefiting from the things of the kingdom? Release them. Release them. Release them. Release them. Release your son, says the Lord. Hallelujah. I can just sense strongly. Strongly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord says, release your sons. Release your daughters, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalms 82, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly? He's talking about your children. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Your children are poor and needy. Deliver them. Free them from the hand of the wicked. You are a God. As gods, release them. Declare over them what you want. Release them from the power of the wicked. You say, but my children are afflicted by sickness and disease. But that means they are afflicted by the wicked one. You are a God. You release them. You are a son of God. You cancel their accusation against them. They did not know. They do not understand. They walk about in darkness. And the, all the foundations of the earth are unstable. Because the sons of God have not taken their rightful place on the earth. Even the earth is groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. The earth is wanting to get stuff to you. But you are not showing yourself as to be a son of God. Show yourself as a son of God. Let the earth give you what it is waiting for. Verse 6. I say you are gods. And all of you are children of the most high. But you shall die like men. And fail like the princess. The Lord says, rise up to your stature as sons of God. Don't die like men. Don't suffer like men. Men of Adam. Don't be like men. I have not raised you up as a man. I have raised you up as a son of God. Now operate like a son of God. 
take authority over the wicked one like a son of God. Cancel time over your generations like a son of God. Step outside time and decree your increase like a son of God, says the father. For I am waiting, says the Lord, for this generation that will remain and will not allow their bodies to die like sons of God. For there is a generation that will not die and you are among that, says the father. Receive, says the word, this word of exhortation and be seated with me in heavenly places and decree things concerning my children. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God stands in the congregation of God's. And he is attesting to everything that you decree. For he, you, are a God. He made you as God. That was his plan right from the beginning. To have dominion. He has dominion over his, in his mind when he made you as a God. And Satan wants to hide this. But I'm sorry, it's too late. The earth, all is yours. Whether Paul or Apollos, whether this world or life or death, things present or things to come, all are yours. Say all are mine. Everything is mine. All the earth is mine. I can have what I decree. Because I am the son of the most high God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Master. Born of God. You are born of God. Hallelujah. And we receive this revelation, Lord. Let it bear fruit and help us through your Holy Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. We worship you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. Thank you, Master. I just want to, I want you to lay your hands over your head right now and say, I bless myself, bless myself. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord Jesus Christ. The, Lord of truth, the Lord of truth, who has made me, who has made me a co-heir with, co with him. I receive this anointing. I receive this anointing. I receive the anointing of being served by my elder brother. Not because of what I did. And not because of what, uh, of what I am in my flesh. But because I am born of God. I receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit to drive me into areas of great victory and to take great prey. For I am a ship without a sail. 
I am driven by the Holy Spirit into rivers of living water and restful places. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for you are my God. I worship you, praise you, hallelujah. Thank you. Receive this ministry. Receive this ministry because you have opened up in humility to receive the service of your elder brother. Lord says, expect to be conformed to the image of the heavenly man. He will manifest his goodness and you will receive incredible victories in this coming days. You will start seeing supernatural power manifest on your behalf because you are the sons of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.